everybody you're here with us at the fishbowl barrio i'm your host pucho and in front of me is the man the wolf dom dom what's going on man not much man i've just been uh, actually uh before we started recording i was just seeing james harden you know play some b-ball and uh, it looked like he yeah. could only run half of the court man <laughs> yeah santa came early yeah well, I guess that beard it doesn't, you know, explains a lot. Yeah, those uh, all-you-can-eat steak and shrimp. Uh, we'll At get the strip nice club. Yeah. So, um, so that kind of brings up a good topic because that means the Spurs started, and basketball season is about to start here pretty soon. I think next week. Um, and uh, yeah, what do you think about the team? What's your opinion? My opinion, I think. I'm optimistic because it, there's a lot of young talent on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be honest, my biggest hang-up is with LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm. Uh, I think I don't think he's good for chemistry with with that group. Uh-huh. And I think it sort of showed in the, when they were in the bubble without him. Right. And as even though DeRozan's an older player or a veteran, mm-hmm. I think with him – with the young crew, I think he gels a lot better with them. And I, I just feel like the the style of play with LaMarcus, I think he's just going to slow down the team and more of a clog it up. Um, that, that makes uh, sense. You know, I, I've heard that before because, of course, where does he like to operate? In the low post mostly, right? You yeah. Know, kind of the mid area. But he likes to post up and kind of ISO in a sense, right? Um, but he did show some promise right before the bubble. Um where you could see him changing his game, right? Where you could see that he was stepping back to the three-point line more often, um, that he wasn't asking for the ball to come to him as much. But I agree, you know, in the bubble, you did see the offense kind of flow a lot better without him there. But at the same time, he's here. So I'm I'm interested to see how he would gel with those young guys. Um, I'm really excited to see what our young core could do. I think... The Spurs have a lot of great, great young talent. Um, just to name a couple, um, Lonnie Walker is one that I'm really excited about. I, I, I mean, I think you were high on the on the rookie, right? Russell? Oh, Devin Vassell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to get to him next. All yes, right. yes, yes. Um, but Lonnie Walker, I'm really high on. You know, I think this is his third year with the team, or no, second year, second year with the team. I was think he a rookie third. Last year? No, I think it did. Right? Yeah, third year. I think he's he with him getting his haircut and add an extra inch to his his what do you call it, vertical, right? Yeah. So this is his third year. So this, so mm-hmm. we expect you know a, a, some kind of step up from where he was before, right? Um, I'm, I'm expecting maybe a double digit average points, you know, 
couple rebounds, couple assists, that kind of thing. Because you know, I think his role is more to provide offense within the offense because they're going to have so many people that are going to be able to contribute on that side of the ball. Um, I do agree with you 100% on the fact with DeRozan. I think he meshed with them perfectly, and especially because yeah. he was kind of playing the point guard role. Yeah. And so that allowed everybody else to kind of focus on a singular thing that they needed to do. So for uh, Lonnie was like, hey, you defend on that side, you know, get gritty with the person you're defending. And also on the offensive side, whenever you get the ball, shoot that three, you know, or instantly slash to the basket. You know, he, he knew what his role was. Didn't, he didn't have to worry about really too much setting anybody else up with DeRozan in that position. And then the same thing with KJ. You know, KJ is another player that I'm really excited yeah. about. Um, now, he's out right now, um, but he showed a lot of promise in the bubble. I, I think he's going to be, uh, to be honest, I think he's going to be an all-star. I think he's like a way hitting Jimmy. And I think Calipari was 100% accurate with him because – he was, for those that don't know, when he was going to college, he was one of the top high school recruits. And he came out early. Yeah. And Calipari, when they won the national championship, he even said that out of all those players, he's the one that's going to that's gonna be the, the star in the league. And I think we really got lucky that he felt, fell to the Spurs. Absolutely. I love his game, man. He, yeah. he has it all. He can shoot the three. He can slash. And... He plays strong. When he drives to the basket, he's driving to the basket. You know, he's either going to get fouled or he's going to score that layup or he maybe yeah. get a dunk. Um, but he also does a really good job on the defensive end as well. Like, he's very tenacious. Um, he plays good help defense. Um, he also plays good on the ball defense as well. Like I just said, he's very tenacious. Um, but again, they have such, so many. Great young talent on that team. Yeah. Another one, one that you kind of alluded to earlier, uh, was Devin Vassell, who's our rookie, number twenty-four, yeah. and I am very impressed with him. Um, he almost comes across like that. No, he doesn't come across. He is that coveted wing we've been wanting um, since Bruce Bowen. Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? One of my favorite Spurs of all time. I love right. it. the D and three man. The D and three, right? But he. Has more. He's not just a D and three player. He's really good, man. Like instantly, the first two things you see is that on the defensive end, oh, he's solid. He's long and he can move his feet laterally very well, and so he gives uh, the opposing team players a lot of trouble, man. And he's also, like I said, he's long, so he's been giving a lot of fits in the passing lanes. Um. So he's already gotten several steals. And then the other thing you notice is that he's a little bit more developed than you think for a 19-year-old coming into the NBA. Like, he can already shoot out to the three-point line. Wow. Um, but driving to the basket, like, he can handle the ball pretty decently. Like, the comparison I got when I heard about him was that he was like a Danny Green type. So I'm thinking, like, okay, so he can't dribble. He's very tenacious on defense, and he can shoot a three, right? That's, that was my impression when you say that. But when I watched him, I was like, no, he's got more than Danny Green. He can uh, – I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't really seen that much of him. But what you're describing is he can put the ball on the floor and take it to the hole when he wants to. So just an all-around complete player. Well, I won't say he can do that right now. But you can see that with some work, he's going to get to that point. And what's sort of scary, too, is when he gets – 
more work with Chip England and shooting. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to be scary. It's going to be absolutely scary. Um, what I've seen, the moves that I've seen him do c- kind of consistently is like a one dribble pull up jumper. And that's actually a really good move, especially if you have a really quick step. Um, like Carmelo Anthony's a master at that one dribble pull up jumper. Um, so if that's the kind of move he wants to put in his arsenal, that's awesome. Um, but I'm really excited because, like I said, you got him, KJ, Lonnie, and that's not even to mention our guards, you know? Yeah. So the team overall I'm really excited about. Um, the Marcus I'm not too worried about. You know, if he gels, then great for the team, right? Um, if he doesn't, then you have somebody you could possibly trade because, yeah, yeah I think this is his final year of his contract. Yeah, they can unload him. It's a, yeah, I mean, it, basically it would be somebody getting it just so that they can take them off the cap. Yeah, that it's or a, a team thing. that maybe is chasing a championship. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see, man. Uh, I'm really excited about this team. I wasn't so much last year because I knew the way Pop was going to go. But this year, you know, it, he committed to um, the Young Guns because of the bubble, how well they did in the bubble and almost making the playoffs through the bubble. Um, and so why not? Kind of play off that and see what the young guns can do. Honestly, that's where most of our talent's at anyway. I, I agree. And the other thing is if you're not going to compete for a championship this year, might as well give the players, the young guys, some PT to develop and become mm-hmm. better. I mean, and pay off dividends in the future. So, I mean, I really hope Pop mm-hmm. sticks to the guns and really uh, he plays the young players so that they can develop. You know, for most teams, I would say it's far-fetched to win a championship with so many young players on your roster. But the Spurs are so great at developing their players. I don't know, man. They have a lot of young players. A lot. I just named three, right? I didn't mention Derek White. I didn't mention DJ. Murray. I didn't mention Luca. I didn't mention... Well, I'm mentioning them all now, but... Yeah. <laughs> Eubanks. Like, these are all young players. Pirtle's young. Like, they're all, I think they're all under 27 for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, you might be right, especially if you have, they um, can maybe make a run with the, the two veterans. If LaMarcus gets into that role and sort of gels with them, and you have DeRozan there, mm-hmm. and you have Coach Pop there, I mean, assisting, I mean, leading the team through coaching. I yeah. mean, there's, there's not maybe a reason that they might not be able to make an upset here and there. And I mean, what gives me hope is, and I think in the years past for this first team, this is what I sort of like. It's just not their five. Is their, their bench is deep. Yeah. I mean, when you have a team that's solid and deep, I mean, you can do some damage. In, in, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My boy, Michael Scott. <laughs> But yeah, when you you have a deep bench, you you can go really far. Right, right, and that's the thing, right? So they, I think they can play ten deep, easy, and because they're so young and athletic, we should be running teams. So when people talk about the Lakers, for example, I am not concerned about the Lakers at all. Now, granted, yes, they have AD, yes, they have LeBron. So what concerns me the most about that team is going to be okay. How is the fouls going to work? Right, because those are two superstars, and I just say the superstars don't deserve their fouls, but it they're gonna get more foul calls. You can say, well, of course, because they play more minutes, or you can say whatever. But 
Star yeah, power yeah, plays a little bit yeah. into that as well. And let's be honest. So you know, that, that's the only thing that really concerns me. But, you know, AD, he's going to have to contend with our size at the five. You know, we're not small yeah. team at the five. Now, at the four, yeah, we're pretty much like every other team at this point. I think most teams mm-hmm. are running a wing player at the four now. Yeah. So I'm trying to think who do the Lakers have at the four. I can't even recall because they may even play Anthony at the four and play somebody else at the five. But I think they actually play LeBron at the four, maybe. Um, I didn't want, as you can tell, I don't watch many or any Lakers games. Yeah, <laughs> I've always had a special place in my pit of my stomach for the Lakers. <laughs> oh, and then you add LeBron on that team, it just makes it twice as well. I know. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, like, if you, again, they match, I think they match up pretty well with most teams, you know what I mean? Because of the versatility. You know, we have so many really good wing players that can play both sides. Um, you know, if our defense can hold up, I think we'll be pretty good. Yeah. But I really like DeMar uh, in the position that he's in, kind of like that point forward, um, kind of orchestrating the offense and putting the youngsters where they need to go. I think that's. I think he plays really well in that role. I think he's a great player in that position and you can really see his leadership in that role yeah um and you can also see this all you know what i also noticed is like the development in his game whereas before he appeared to be more of a scorer now he looks to be he looks like the leader out on the uh, well uh, i mean what i was gonna there, say is he yeah. looks more of like a playmaker yeah no that's what i mean is is that he looks like the leader like like a point guard out there like leading the, okay. leading the floor like mm-hmm. He's the one directing the team, like where I I didn't feel like that at the beginning. I felt like he was like a great player, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's when he came here, it's just natural. Like, hey, I don't want to overstep my bounds. I'm just new to this team, but it just seems like now that he is that leader of that team. I mean, I can't really think of anybody else in that locker room. I mean, that that's. It just well, seems no, I mean, like he has that presence. Yeah, it just seems like yeah, it just seems like the role. And so. for, but for him, more it just seems like that. And I, well, mean, I think it's more natural nurture, because yeah. in his role in the team is to be like you said, the point guard, right? Yeah. Where Lamarcus, honestly, at this point, his role needs to be a soldier, so he needs to follow Demar's role, uh, um, leadership. So yeah, man, I think I think the Spurs are going to be an interesting team, man. You know, we'll see if they make the playoffs. Obviously, they were knocking on it last year. Um, but there's going to be a lot of good teams, and um, it's going to be a long season. I think they're going to play 72 games, I believe, is what they're going to do. Yeah, I think I think that's right. It, it, what's funny is is when I was watching some of the, the pre-games, I was uh-huh. like, dang, the season just ended, like, what was it, a month ago, two months ago? What, the championship? I think it ended in <laughs> August? No, no, no. October? I think, oh, yeah, it was only like... It, Again, it, it, you see how many Laker games I watched? Yeah. <laughs> But it's just what two months and we're already back into it. So, so to all you Laker fans, can you tell us what what did the finals end? I know we can look it up, but we don't want to because the Lakers won. So if you guys want to tell us, please do hit us up at our Twitter, or you can also hit us up at our email at the fishbowlbodyo at gmail dot com. All right. Uh, so before we jump into our topic today, which is going to be a nice one, which they're all nice ones, you know, I can't mm-hmm. complain. Um, just a little fact about. December 18th, you know, we like to say a little fact about the day, you know, that we have in our podcast on. And so on December 18th in 1958, 
Project SCORE, the world's first communications satellite, was launched. Wow. And imagine, I wonder if it's still up. Probably so. <laughs> so speaking of space, I don't know if you've noticed, but yesterday in particular, I didn't check today, but yesterday, um, if you notice above the moon, there was these two bright lights above the moon. Were they Those, UFOs? No, no, no. They were uh, Jupiter, if I'm not mistaken, and Saturn. Let me just double check. Yeah, Jupiter and Saturn. So Jupiter and Saturn were visible last night. I don't know if there still are, but last night for sure. So those they were like clear, bro. The two bright lights right above the moon. Yeah, and actually, I actually saw that last evening yeah. uh, when I was driving. Listen to you last and evening. And the, the cool thing was, it was the you could see the moon, but it was uh, sort of a crescent, but you could see the background of, of the right. moon. Uh, yeah, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice night. So I hope. For anybody who uh, took pictures, please send it to us again at our Twitter. Uh, or you can email it to us at thefishbowlbodyo at gmail.com. All right. All right, Dom. So let's go ahead and jump into our topic. We're going to talk about favorite Christmas present. So, what was your favorite Christmas present? Or present in general? Oh, well, of my favorite Christmas present. I didn't even really have to think that much about it. it <laughs> I can see I, it in your eyes. Yeah, my favorite present on Christmas Day was unwrapping it and finding a Knight Rider three-wheeler. Wow. There's the bigger, yes, sir. I used to want that as a kid too. Oh, uh, it was awesome! It had the little plastic as like the windshield. It had the little it like kit. the interior, right? Yeah, it had everything on. It had the little red uh, laser thing in the front. Was it light activated or no? Was it a sticker? No, nah, it was a sticker. It was the eighties. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it had the little side brake. And when I first unwrapped it, I remember. Uh, Taking it out of spill inside the house, and my 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 parents yelled at me, "Take it outside!" So there I am on Christmas Day, going down the driveway, pedaling, and then grabbing that brake and doing a, a spin out and a little U turn. Yeah, man, I used that thing until all the stickers were worn out, the, the wheel almost. <laughs> but that was at my You're too big for that, dog. Get out of that thing already. What? I'm 18 years old. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no that that was my favorite. Present. What year was that? I think it was probably in '84. I was like four years old. uh, '85. The no, I guess it was in '85 because my brother was about three. We're about two years different, Uh, and uh, I forgot what he got. But man, uh, I was the coolest kid rolling around night riders, looking down on people, (laughs) knowing that I was a better human because I was riding a kid. No, on top of that, what made it also awesome that Christmas was the I they also Santa not my parents Santa also gave me uh a night rider kit uh it was the actual car it was it was about Did one it come in, Michael Michael Knight yeah the car it was oh about a one God, it was one, yeah it was about one it was about my 16 cousin had it. 
Uh, my other cousin. Yeah. I don't always talk about my cousins. Yeah, and it was awesome I'm because. Latino. I have a lot of them. What, like 48 of them? They're about that many? Or is that too small of a family? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that car was about like 16 inches. I'm trying to paint a picture, but it was huge. And, yeah, yeah, I remember. And it. you hit the license plate yeah. and it would hit, it would talk. It would say Turbo Boost, or it would say Michael, Man, and it had awesome. the and it had the little uh, action figure of uh, Michael, Michael Knight, Knight in it. Yeah. I had, so those two presents uh, for was that was my favorite Christmas of all time. Also that Christmas, could imagine. Yeah, I had the little GI Joe Jeep uh, where you could throw the toys. It was just basically a toy holder container. But no, I remember that too. That was pretty cool. Yeah, me and my brother would use it like. To shoot each other with guns later on and hide and stuff, but that 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 was my favorite Christmas present of all time. But how about you? I mean, what was yours? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's might shock some people, but maybe not. Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite Christmas present was a Magnavox portable CD player. Yes, folks, we used to have portable CD players. We didn't have iPods and these fancy cell phones back in those days. And so, um, one year I got a portable CD player, man, and I love that thing. Uh, mainly because my mom was like most parents back in the '90s, was subscribed to Columbia House. Oh, the Penny Club. That's right. So we would get she would get a bunch of CDs all the time. So she had all these pop stars and salsa stars and all these different musical artists. Um, and so, at our house, music was a big thing, you know. Saturday, it was known it was time to clean when the salsa music started kicking on in the on the big radio. Uh, so, see, in my household, it was Tejano. Of course. <laughs> and um, so when my mom got me that, you know, we would travel a lot. No, not a lot, but, you know, we, when we do travel, having my CD player was awesome because I would take a, several of my comic books and I would take my CD player. And essentially, my CD, the music on my CD player was kind of like the soundtrack to the comic books. And so, uh, especially when I traveled from North Carolina to Texas, you know, that's a long distance. And so reading through my comic books, which I've read all of them a bunch of times, they were all like the covers were already off or they didn't, weren't, they were like tears all over the place. They were, they were not in mint condition at all. And I don't have any of them, sadly. But uh, at the time, I think it was a lot of uh, Age of Apocalypse, X-Men uh, storyline that was going on and so i would read those comic books and i would be playing various cds on my cd player and what cds you ask at the time it was um michael jackson's history was a big one that i would always play on there um my parents had this like tito puente live cd where it had like four discs on there and he had a lot of different music uh my dad also had this um this record company i think they're rr Either RRM or RMM, I can't remember. Um, they got all their salsa artists, or they got several salsa artists, and they did like a Beatles tribute. So they did all these Beatles songs, but they did it like a salsa version of it. I used to love that CD. Um, Ace of Bass was a big one back in the day. Dude, it was. <laughs> I was literally about to say Ace of Base before you said that. No, because I was that was one of the CDs too on, on vacation trips when I would go. I actually listened to I saw the line. <laughs> the sign, bro. <laughs> no, the sign. 
Uh, uh, Swedish uh, uh, electro. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? No, Swedish electro <laughs> reggae is what I call it. You know what other song I still remember? I don't know why I still why remember this. It was the Ace of Bass, but Dina Howard, the freak. I forgot the name of that song, but I remember I listened to those uh, those two CDs, like the whole Colorado trip we went on vacation. Right. Man. That was such a good CD, though, the Ace of Base. I mean, I, I used to love that CD, dude. I know it's really cheesy and whatever, man, but it's catchy. And as a kid, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there reading, listening to it, reading my stuff. And you know, it wasn't the only thing I listened to, but, you know, I didn't get into, like, rock music until later on in life, to be honest. Because my parents, mostly the music I listened to in my house was, was salsa and pop music. Um, so that's what I kind of listened That's what I gravitated to, essentially, right? Well, not so much salsa as a kid until not until I got out my teenage years, um, but yeah, that CD player, dude. I remember playing CDs all the time. Like one thing that I got into a habit of doing was listening to music to fall asleep. Um, it's just I don't know. I just need noise. I guess kind of help. It's weird, right? A little bit of noise helps me. No, actually, one of my godbrothers. I always thought it was weird, but it always soothed them. He would go to sleep with the. The radio on yeah. with the music. And I, I was like, hey, your radio is on. Oh, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like all right. But uh, as I got, when I got older, I, I sort of, it sort of made sense because now, I mean, the fan. I, yeah. And now I go to sleep with YouTube with hearing whatever right. um, video or podcast I'm it's listening like white to. Noise. Yeah. It just soothes me to sleep. So, yeah. So that's what kind of happened. So that CD player, like, it, it, I had it for a while, and I um, used it a lot. Well, it sort of makes sense, because I know that you're really musically inclined, and you, I mean, you, you were in the band, and you, I mean, you've always been in the music as long as I've known you, so it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it goes hand in hand, sort of. Yeah, so exactly. So, so it's kind of like a, a way for me to listen to all types of music on there. Um, and again, um, that Tito Puente CD was really cool. Now I think about it, I wish I could remember what the name was. Um, there's another one too that was really neat called um, Gilberto Santa Rosa at the uh, Carnegie Hall. Um, and it's like a live CD of him doing it at Carnegie Hall. And what's always cool about listening to the live CDs of those, especially those big salsa singers, is that the songs always turn into, such as their big hits, usually turn into like 10 minute escapades. You know what I mean? Because the band is very skilled and they'll do an arrangement where it leaves room for the singer to do various things like call up a person on the stage or sing to a person in the crowd um, or do something. I remember what my, my dad always tells me what the name is, but it's like a thing where they do like a, it's not like a scat, mm-hmm. but like it's almost like a freestyle ad lib portion that they can kind of do that. It's like big for the salsa singers to do. It's where it's in a situation where, for example, you'll have the backup singers and the backup singers will sing like a repetitive chorus, right? And in between the chorus is where the actual well, the lead singer, the salsa singer, will add like his little parts. Oh, right? okay, I see. And so, when you're doing it live, those kind of things can get really stretched out. You know, you get to really see the creativity of the band, the musicality of the band, and for some of these really good salsa singers, you get to see their ability to kind of do things off the fly. Cause that's essentially what it is. You know, they're in those situations, they're ad living. They're like thinking about that stuff off the fly. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, 
like one of the other CDs when you're talking about sort of land music for, I mean, I grew up here in San Antonio and in Texas, uh, Emilio Nevada. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Emilio Nevada was, I love the, the Emilio Live CD. I used to listen to that from beginning to end. Uh, but I always thought uh, Raulito was, was, didn't get the respect that he deserved. I mean, is, he, is he the one that passed? No, uh, Emilio? No, no. Raulito. No, no, he's still alive. Oh, okay. He's still doing his little Raulito dance. And, and for those that don't know, uh, if, if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was one CD. Another, I remember one of the first CDs I, I got, it, uh, was, it wasn't it was even a music. It was the Adam Sandler drive, uh, bus driver. It, uh, it was just basically like little stories that Adam Sandler said on there. Is it the one with the train? Yeah. And I would just sit there and, and probably just buddy guy. I would just sit there. I'm not your guy. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. yeah. And Friend. I would, I would just listen to that CD, and it was. I thought it was hilarious at that no, time. We're all gonna laugh at you. Right? Yeah, I mean that that, <laughs> I CD, that CD. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's sort of weird. See, and I didn't really listen to any comedy CDs at that point. Um, I don't. I guess because I wasn't. It wasn't that I didn't like comedians. Because like again, like we've talked about before, I used to we used to like a lot of '90s comedians. But um, it just I guess something that I didn't have. My parents didn't have. But uh, yeah, that CD player was really cool, man. Like again, it, it introduced me. It didn't introduce me, but it really helped me kind of express my musical outlet in a way. You know, I could listen to various types of music that my mom had and other things that I could get a hold of. Yeah, I mean, for myself growing up in the 80s uh, and 90s, predominantly, actually, when you were talking about, like, for those that don't remember, I mean, I'm a little couple years older than you, Yeah. but I remember in the 80s, I probably, I got to go look at the photo album, I probably have it in... uh, Probably your mom will probably remember the day. My mom asked me, she was like, she's like, is that is Dom an older gentleman? I was like, well, he's a little bit older than me. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like an old man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm about to date myself here. Is is the original radio Walkman where it was just a big old the headset and the radio was like the on was the like side silver? of your ear. Wasn't it silver? Yeah, but it was on the side of the ear, like a yeah. big old, it was basically, they taped a radio <laughs> to your head. <laughs> it, it put it put padding on it. Yeah, and that's pretty it's much it. But I had one of those and you would walk around and it looked huge, probably weighed like 48 pounds and stuff. But uh, I remember <sighs> that, uh, those, that was the original Walkman radio. There was no tape. There was, it was just, you had a, a radio taped to your head. That's basically what it is. Uh, but I remember those days. Yeah, and, and you got me thinking early, like we, you're talking about your three wheel now, and I was like, dang, did I, what did I have? I didn't have a three wheel. I don't think I had that three wheel. I've had a three wheel, but it wasn't a Night Rider when I don't recall, or maybe it was, and it was a different one. Um, the thing that I got that I remember that I really liked, as far as like something like that, yeah, was uh, I had a BMX bike. It was blue. It had uh, yellow hand, the rubber handles, the yellow rubber handles. You know, like just yeah. like the, the dirt bike, just like the, the, the professional dirt bikes they would do. 
Did Did you watch Rad? Do you ever remember that movie, Rad? Well, tell me about it. Okay. Was it about a kid who got a bike? Oh, he, he was a, a BMX. Bike? He was a BMX biker. Was it a magical and, bike that he gets? Uh, no, it was, was just it, a, it was just that he got he had a BMX bike and he would go in these competitions and um, maybe it was yeah, and, 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 and he he won it basically and it was just a a BMX cheesy, promo yeah for in the eighties <laughs> but I uh, I absolutely love that movie Take yeah. me an angel and there he is all slow mo doing jumping you know, the little are hills. you the singer out of bo- out of us <laughs> you, <laughs> you know sing more it. here than I do. <laughs> And I can't sing worth it to save anything to save my life. But, um, but I remember doing like yeah. jumps off, like, because it's like this where I used to live at in Fort Meade. There was like these little three stairs. I used to jump off there thinking I'm making a big jump or something. Like, oh, and then do the little, you know, break. The kick out. Yeah, the little kick out break. Man. Um, but that was a pretty cool bike. Now, I'm trying to think of. Other than those two things, as far as like other presents that I've gotten, um, that we haven't talked about already, because we've already talked yeah. about the Nintendos and uh, six Nintendos, uh, Super Nintendo as well. And I'm trying to think what else. The other present that I really, really enjoy, and, and I'll tell you why, um, were Legos. Like my parents used to get me a lot of Legos, and the main reason I liked Legos, man. Because I could make anything I saw on TV with my Legos. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have to go out and get the action figure for that show. Because guess what? My Lego man's going to be the action figure. Yeah. And I'm going to make him, like, for example, like the Exo Squad, right? I don't know if you remember that cartoon. No. Yeah, I think you probably were already maybe in high school by that point. Maybe you were already in middle school. I don't remember when it came out. I think it came out in the mid-90s. Um, but anyway... The show was essentially about these future humans and they had like these suits that they would connect to and like these exosuits that they would connect to and that would like help them fight their war or whatever. And um, so I would see that show and I was like, I'm going to make that for my little Lego, man. That's what I would do, right? Or if I wanted to make my dude a transforming vehicle, you know, I had to use my imagination, of course, because Legos in those days didn't have the sophisticated joint options that you have nowadays. Nowadays, the Legos are crazy, dude. Like, you can, pretty much you can make any toy you want with just Legos, dude, because of the way they have their joints and they have the, the pieces now are way more intricate. So, but back then, it was I just had to blocks. Yeah, yeah, I had to pretend, right? So, it went from car mode, and then I had like the arms and legs on the side because I had to add them on there. But I made it to where at least the car mode part would at least one part would transform. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, that I would transform that part while making, and then I would add the arms and the leg, and like boom, I'm using the transforming car. You know, stuff like that. But yeah. that's what I loved about the Legos, right? Yeah, yeah I would do, make the stuff that the box came in, of course, right? You would do that first. But after a while, you're like, I'm bored. I'm going to break that apart. I'm going to make something wild, you know? I always end up making a gun out of it. Me and my brother would just make little handguns. <laughs> little and shoot, handguns. Right? We'd go around, like, pretend like we're blasting each other. That was pretty my extent of, of Legos. I was really into model airplanes and model cars 
and my Those parents. Are cool too. Yeah, I, I was actually pretty good. And I wish I still had some of them. Had the so you would the paint them and everything yourself. Yeah, I mean it, was, it took time. I mean, yeah, but my my dad would get them for me. Because he knew I liked it, but right, it was right. something about uh, airplanes and cars. But they always, always liked the old cars, the muscle cars, like the yeah. Mustangs, the Camaros, uh, the Chevys. Cars. Yeah, uh, the also the airplanes like the, the Mustang, and uh, even the newer the Tomcat uh, ones on those. Fourteen. Yeah. Mm. So I had all the. Uh, I had made all those. Uh, yeah. Painted, uh, As yeah. a kid, those were the those that that sh- that plane was. The bees need that one in the F sixteen. Yeah, it, but it was the, the Tomcat from. I, even, I was more of F sixteen person at yeah, that point. No, I my, even put the Tomcat sticker. I even had the. I even put the Tomcat sticker on my on my model. Do you yeah. remember those? Um, oh, I even made an Apache one too. Do you remember those I, airplanes where they had like a joystick that came with them? I don't know if they came with like a video too. I can't remember if that's the ones that came with it, but they had like different versions. Actually, I do remember that. Uh, they had the F fourteen, F sixteen, whatever. Yeah, I, I remember that, that. Where it was it looked like a little hand stick, like a joystick, but it went outward. Yeah, and, and held the plane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I had. I remember having the the F sixteen in that one. Yeah. And my 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 other cousin from another place, <laughs> he had the F fourteen, and that was. And we remember playing with that one a lot. But um, you also did an Apache. Yeah, the and I bet that it has some more intricate pieces, right? Yeah, that was a, that one took a while too, but uh, the, the that helicopter was pretty tight. I, You're I a military brat. Have you ever seen one? Uh, the, in real life, yeah. Yeah, man, they're they're badass. Yeah, I remember my dad would take us to when Lackland would do the air uh, the air yeah, shows. Yeah. So we, we we would see their air shows there, and uh, also when. Uh, my uncle was stationed up in Abilene in Dias Air Force Base. Uh, we went out there on, on the on the thing, and uh, I'll put it this way: I got closer than any kid should really get close to, <laughs> to some of those people. Of course, you were with your uncle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my dad was stationed at Fort Bragg, and every now and then, when you're going down this road, it's called Chicken Road. You can see, like. Because every now and then they had to do their training, their drills and stuff. So you would see them in like formation flying, man. The things yeah. are fast, dude. Yeah. You surprised. And they fly low. Yeah. Um, but then they're awesome. They all they look awesome, dude. Like as far as like, to be honest, like aerial vehicles, like Apache's pretty up there with me. Because I mean, you got to think of this. Not only can, can you fly pretty fast, you know, straight. But you could go up and down vertically, like you know what I mean. Yeah. You don't need a, a runway to land or anything like that, and you could carry a lot of firepower with that bad boy. Yeah. What was that movie with Nick Cage, uh, where he was a pilot for? Uh, wasn't it Nick Cage who was in that movie? I think I know which one you're talking about. Uh, let me start. Yeah, he except because I remember the big thing about that was they had the he had to get used to the eyepiece because the eyepiece. Was what controlled the, uh, the I think the radar, or the camera that they had underneath or in the nose. Is it called the Patrick? Firebirds? Firebirds, bro. I remember that movie. I remember love watching that movie because you know, eighty. I think that when did that movie came out, early nineties. Yeah, actually, it came out in nineteen ninety. Okay, so around that time, you had 
Top Gun that came out, right? Giving love to the Navy, right? And the F-14s. I loved Iron Eagle, too. I, I was going to say that one next. Then you had Iron Eagle giving love to the... I think they were the Army or the Air Force. Air Force. Air Force and the F-16. And then you had the second one that had gave love to... Uh, I love the second one because you had the joint uh, force between the Russians and the Americans. Yeah, they have to work together. That's right. And they had the Phantom and the Americans had the F-16s. Yes. And they like get it. They like I remember the I can't remember the exact quotes, but they were like talking shit essentially to each other about the capabilities of their aircraft. And that, that part was really cool. But then you had the Firebirds, right? Giving love to the Apache. And like that was pretty. And cool. also, Airwolf was out big around the eighties. Yeah, but that's a fictional yeah. helicopter. I think. I don't think that helicopter. Oh no! What, what was it? I, I know it was like a modified uh, the one they used for like you know airlift and stuff like that. I think yeah. that's what it was. I remember those movies. Airwolf. Yeah. <laughs> I used to always want to cross. I don't know if they ever happened, but I used to always want to cross over between Knight Rider and Airwolf. That would have been the, the coolest vehicle ever. <laughs> well, not like a, a crossover vehicle, like a crossover episode where like Knight Rider comes on Airwolf and they're going to help solve it. And so it's like Man. you get the land and you get the aerial attack. Yeah. <laughs> but if I had to pick Nerd. one, I would, of course, I would take a... A kit. I would have them turbo boost right in through, right through <laughs> Airwolf. <laughs> yeah, but it, that would be a cool episode. So, I guess we could talk real quick about this. So, if you could have one Hollywood famous vehicle, what would it be? To collect or to actually drive? Like, like, like oh, the actual fictional vehicle. And it could do that, those things? Exactly those things. I would go with the back to the DeLorean then. I DeLorean. Could, yeah, I would, it's hard, I, I would, it's hard I, to beat that one. Because then I could, could go control time. <laughs> well, you don't control time, but you travel, can go back in time. Yeah, or in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to an unwritten future. But just to be cruising, uh, Kit would be mine. I mean, I mean, especially in my heyday when I used to drink, I didn't have to worry about no DUI. <laughs> then I could get hammered and Kit take me home. Kit take the wheel. <laughs> oh, shoot, man. Driving around. Uh, obviously the same Kit. Kit's my, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise to anybody, right? Um, special vehicle. Oh, man, a 1989 Batmobile, bro. I think it was yeah. 89. That would have been tight. Going to Batmobile. Yeah, man. <laughs> Love that Batmobile. It had all the radars, everything. Yeah, man. It was so it was so well designed as well, man. Like, you had... Like, I know it wouldn't go that fast, but it looks like it did. Well, and, it had the jet engine in the back, so... Yeah, but, that, but in reality, that's just for show. Yeah. Um, but it did look fast. And I love yeah. the fins, how they did the fins. It's just like very angular, at the, but at the same time, very sleek. Yeah, well, it was well done, whoever created it. Yeah, very, very well done. I love how yeah. the cockpit like slides forward for you to get in and out. And then the bulletproof, the shields. Yeah, yeah when he yeah, puts the yeah. shields on. Then too, or like, even drops the, the bombs. Yeah, or it covers the tires and it just yeah. leaves it. I love that Batmobile, both in Batman and Batman Returns. Um, 
And that's by far my favorite Batmobile. By far. Well, no, I don't want to say by far. Because the Batman, the animated series Batmobile is pretty cool too. That's probably a close second. So it's not by far. So those are my two vehicles. But the DeLorean is very, very close. I mean, you can't top time travel and flight. Yeah. I mean, come on. So, I mean, I agree with you in Player One. That's a pretty good choice. Um, Maybe another one for me. I don't remember the actual character's name, but this show is called Botmaster. Um, It was like some obscure cartoon. I don't know who made it. Maybe a Canadian company. I don't know because it just seems so out there. But essentially, it's like um, the kid of this robot inventor, his dad died, and he's now investigating. He's a teenager, so he's investigating his dad's death, and he's doing it with the help of these robots, right? But he has this red sports car that he drives that transforms into like a robot that he could control. That can also connect to a bigger robot that he can okay. control. So that might be on my list as well. That car was pretty cool. Oh, he could be driving an Optimus Prime. Yeah, but then he's autonomous. He's going to think yeah. for himself. It's like, yeah, well, I don't need that kind of pressure <laughs> in my life. I want somebody to do what I say. He's like, I'm not John Connor, bro. Why? <laughs> but, so, I think it's the time to see what's going around the Barrios, man. All right. in Boston, Massachusetts. Well, it looks like there was a 126-year-old message in a bottle that was found. Where? It yeah. was in Boston. Um, basically... In a building? Uh, I bet it was probably in a building there. Yeah, it, what it was, it was, it was in, in some building fireplace, and it was uh, lodged in between things. Some person grabbed it and opened it. But um, I'm not sure. They're still trying to figure it out. Like It was just some obscure <laughs> writings. This but they, there was like no the meaning. Car, the Harvard Yard. Yeah. How about them apples? Ah! <laughs> that was my Boston impression. Uh, yeah, both of ours was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible impression. Uh, also, for our bar bros that are in Ohio, in Ohio uh, customer left a waitress a $5,600 tip. Woo! What do you think they did with that? I don't think they work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that ain't no, that ain't enough to make anybody quit. But I have a nice TV by the end of that night. Yeah, but I, I, I know it wasn't Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs that oh, left no. the tip there. Yeah, I know zero. he didn't leave that tip. And for our Barrio Bros in California, one employee paid his boss's forty-eight-year-old overdue book. And it, yeah, it, his boss, I don't know how he found out, but his boss had a book that was overdue for 48 years and he, he paid it for him for a gag slash Christmas present. It was a whopping $58. And he, it was, the book was, was it Look Out for Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a kid's book? 
I'm it not sounds like a kid's book. Yeah, probably so. But you probably rented it for one of his kids. And but how do that. how do libraries even keep track of a forty eight year old overdue book? Well, that library apparently keeps very good records. I would imagine that they kept the paper record, and then when they were transposing all their paper records over to digital format, that's they still have the record of it. Well, that's it. That's a yeah. library that keeps great records. Right, but what is the library supposed to do? Keep great records. Yeah, well, t- I tip my hat to the Barber Bro librarian out there for <laughs> for being do- big diligent. Yeah, big ups, de- being a diligent worker. That's right. All right, well, that's what's going on. Let's go ahead and cast our reel and see what's going on. Uh, what we pull for next week's topic. Looks like we're gonna talk about music from when we were young all the way up until now. It's gonna be a little hard because I don't really listen to too much current, but I guess we could talk about stuff that's current because I do listen to some stuff that's current. And we're gonna talk about our favorite music genres. And uh, we want to give a shout out to Nancy who keeps giving us these great topics to talk about. Thank you, Nancy. And to and also thank you to all of our other Barrio Bros that have hit us up with great topics. So if you want to send us a topic, please do at our Twitter, um, that the Fishbowl Barrio, um, or at our email, the Fishbowl Barrio at gmail.com. And listen to us on any place that you listen to your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever you go, we'll be on there. And uh, until next week, I'm Pucho. I'm Dom. Happy holidays, everybody. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too.